Amen. Hello, everybody. So for those who have been following with us, we've been looking at The Promise, the, seri- the series on God's promise. And, it, and it's based in Exodus 6, so we're going to start, get straight into it and uh, refresh ourselves on that. I think it's on the screen there. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem them with, your, with an outstretched arm and a mighty act of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from the, under the yoke of the Egyptians. So we're looking at this series on the promise, and, and we've seen that it's been, restored, it's been made complete in Jesus. And um, we've gone through, um, you know, being saved. We've been saved, and to know God, and to be set free from the bondage of the sin and the weight of the sin. We're no longer sinners, but we are saints in Christ. And today we'll be looking at purpose. And uh, it comes from the, the reference where I will... I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and a mighty act of judgment. I will redeem you. And so when, when Clinton came to me and said, oh, uh, Luke, would you mind speaking? I said, oh, yeah, no worries. And I was thinking to myself after, I'm like, what did I just do? And, um, yeah, so he told me I'm going to be speaking on purpose. And I said, yeah, that, no worries. And, um, yeah, that was a couple months ago. And then... Uh, a couple of weeks ago when I started preparing, I started thinking purpose. Oh, gee, that's a big one. People have been uh, spending their whole lives trying to work out what their purpose is in life. And uh, I felt a bit overwhelmed. Um, I thought I may as well be speaking on the meaning of life. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't good because this is, this is not really... I'm, I'm the definition of the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak when it comes to getting up in front of people. And um, I was like, gee, we've got a tough topic here. And um, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I, I just stopped and I prayed. And uh, God just reminded me of some of his verses in the Bible, like, I've commanded you to love others. And uh, Jesus, just before he ascended back to heaven, he said, go out and make disciples of all nations. And... Uh, God's saying, I've created you to do good works. All great verses. And uh, I'm thinking, there's so much I could speak on. What, what do I speak on in purpose? And I hope tonight we can uh, have a look together. Join with me because I haven't got all the answers, that's for sure. God has, so hopefully he does a bit of work tonight. Um, but I sort of thought to myself, I'm 30 this year. And if I haven't got this all together by now, I've wasted a third of my potential life. I've only got two potential thirds left, and I've already had a few close calls recently, but I'm not going into that. I could have I been done, but um, yeah, this is something we should know. We should know what our purpose is. So let's, let's look at God's Word. Let's, let's journey together and sort of look at what our purpose is in Christ. I want to start by watching a video because all good sermons have a good video and I like videos and it gives me a chance to look at my notes. Let's play the video. Look out of the window with all my heart. 
can do that. I'm sure that some of you can. But I, I don't know about you, I just love those videos. And that one, that one especially, it's a kid's edition. So if you want to watch more of those videos, just search, search uh, People Are Awesome in YouTube and there's like thousands. I'm the sort of person that just could uh, go to a shopping centre you know, and just sit and watch people. I, I love people, I genuinely do. 
And I look, out to, I look out tonight and I look at a group of people that have so much potential. I see people that have so many vast gifts. You might not be able to do a backflip like that, but you, you know, there's people with incredible minds. There's people with the ability to love. There's people with the ability to listen. There's people, there's some tradies up the back. They're the best. <laughs> but we're all created unique with different, different passions and abilities. And I think to myself, when we're when we're talking about a restored purpose, what are we being restored to? You know, what are we meant to do with what we have? What's God's plan in this? So when I thought of the question, what are we being restored to? I opened up to Genesis. Because God created us. He created us in his image. He created us to enjoy him to live in the land that he, he created for them, to, be, to enjoy God and worship him. God enjoyed us being us. And I think, I think for me, this is where we find some of what our purpose is. We find, you know, when, when we were, Adam and Eve were in that situation... They were perfect, they were pure, they were in relationship with God, but then sin came, and they were separated, and God was devastated. And he sent his own son into the world. The whole Old Testament led up, it, it, it journeyed through to a point in the New Testament where he sent his son to save us, to redeem us, to die for us, to set us free from the bondage of sin and the brokenness of sin, and he rose again to restore us in a relationship with him. So in Jesus, we see a part of what our restored purpose is, is, a relationship with God. A relationship is like a father and a child. You know, the, the father loves the child. It loves seeing the child develop and grow in its abilities and its, in its giftings. And the child re- relies on the father just for guidance, for encouragement, just to be there. When I was young, I had a dream that I was going to be a racing car driver. I think I got a picture up there. That's me, number 19. So I saved up my pennies all the way through school. I worked at Red Rooster. It was a killer income, but I saved for a long time. And when I finished school, I brought a go-kart because that's the first thing you do when you want to be a racing car driver. You've got to get into go-karts. And um, I started off with a pretty cheap go-kart and uh, I worked my way up. And I actually, I actually did pretty well. Um, I, I, uh, I won a few races. Uh, yeah, that's me. I actually won the Queensland Championship for my class. Top of Queensland that year. And I... Was, you know, I thought I was, I was getting there. And, um, you know, I, got, I, I joined a car club out at Ipswich. Um, I got second in the club championship out there. I got to a point where I almost raced every weekend. Toowoomba, Warwick, Gympie. Uh, I went to Rockhampton once. Like, I loved, I loved racing. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to be a racing car driver. So, yeah, that's what I did. But when I look back at my career, my short career in racing go-karts, my quite successful career, mind you, I think, what is it that stood out to me? What was it that I remember most from, from this time? And, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't the win. 
the Queensland Championship, it wasn't the successful races that I had. It was actually one time where I uh, went to Rockhampton with my father. Me and him, we, we, uh, we set on a road trip and we, uh, yeah, we uh, went out to Rockhampton and we camped there for three nights, two nights or something, three days, and uh, we, had a, we had a great weekend. You know, the, the, uh, the racing was good. I, I was probably robbed of the win. Um, asked Dad later. He could probably testify to that. There's a few people on my side that weekend, but I don't even mind about that. I had a great weekend. You know, and it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't so much because of the result, but it, it was because of the relationship I had with my dad and journeying with him, enjoying this, you know, the passions that I had in racing with, with my father. And some of you may have experienced a similar, similar time to that where maybe, you know, your parents have been there, you know, when you've, you've been doing something you enjoy doing. Or maybe the other way around, being a parent and seeing your children, you know, enjoy what they were gifted for. God enjoys it when you're yourself. He enjoys it when you develop your passions and interests. He created you that way. He created you unique. Seek out your passions. You're, you're made awesome by God. So be yourself. Because in Christ, you have been restored to your heavenly Father. I think when it comes to purpose, our purpose is twofold. Firstly, that we are restored to a relationship with God, but also Christ has restored us so that we can strive to live in unity with one another. In the letter to the Ephesians, Paul discusses something more about our purpose for unity. And I'm going to ask Chloe to come up and read for us. Ephesians 4 verse 1 to 16, unity and maturity in the body of Christ. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all in all. But to each other, to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ appointed it. This is what it says. When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave his gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craft crafting of the people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of, of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, being the, from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Thanks, Chloe. <laughs> Chloe's pretty awesome. 
should get to know her if you don't know her. So here in this passage, Paul's explaining to his followers that Jesus, of the followers of Jesus that we should strive for unity. This is part of our purpose. We have been restored to have unity with one another. That is our calling. Paul points to that unity in the form of the body of Christ in this passage. We are firstly urged to live a life worthy of our calling. Paul urges us. This is important. We should, we should be intentional about seeking this out. A life of purpose fulfilled in our calling to be Christ, to be Christ to others. Since Christ died for us and he rose again and he ascended to heaven, he has left us with the responsibility to be Christ to others. And this is what, what, he, what Paul is urging us to, to become, to become the body of Christ, because Christ is no longer with us, but he's with us through his spirit. God designed us for unity. He restored purpose for us in one unity. There's one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God. We are called to be one as the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are one. In 1 John 4 verse 12, it says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. In love, there is unity, and in unity, God's love is made complete in us. Love is one of those things that is so important, and Christ, through his Spirit, gives us love. We come together with different aspects of God's character, together with Jesus as the head of the body. The world will see and know him. We are called to be one, and Jesus has left his spirit to make that possible. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy the unity in Christ. But Christ, but the spirit fights for us, for our unity. Unity is important to Jesus. In fact, Jesus prays for our unity. Before he goes to the cross, Jesus prays for us, for our unity. In John 17, 27, John 17, 23, it says, I urge in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and that I have loved them even as you have loved me. Through Jesus giving us his spirit, he's left and gave us his spirit. We need to allow Jesus to do the restoration work in our lives. In Ephesians 4, we see that God gives us gifts for the building of the unity, for the building of the body. And and in 1 Corinthians 12, it also speaks of spiritual gifts, of wisdom, knowledge, faith, the gift of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in different tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And they all come from the same spirit. We aren't going to go into spiritual gifts tonight, but I think it's important that we all like, discover, we all you know, talk about this at a later date, maybe, because it's important for a part of building up the body. These, spirits are, these gifts of the Spirit are given to us to build up this, the body of Christ. These gifts, when we allow them to work through us, are part of what God a part of what makes us awesome as people. God created us for something more than just our physical gifts and passions. God created... You should, 
You should seek to discover what spiritual gifts God has given you. And us as a church, we want to support you in that. And I know that AJ, in the coming months, has a program called the Steps Program where one of the things is talking about spiritual gifts. And I encourage you to, you know, put your hand up for that. That's something you should, you know, you should go after. What are your spiritual gifts? What's God blessed you with to encourage the body? In Ephesians 4, 15 to 16, it finishes, speaking the truth in love that we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ from the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself in love as each part does its work. Paul reminds us that as Christ dwells in us, we grow to the fullness of who we were created to be. Christ unifies us. He gives us purpose in, in, a, in a body of Christ together. That is what we are called for. It is together we find our restored purpose. It is together that the world will clearly see that Jesus Christ's love and his saving grace for their lives. Now, I couldn't do a message on unity without bringing in the disco ball. See if this works, but I sort of rigged it up. It probably will work better the darker it gets. But what I love about this is it really just symbolizes what, it, what we are called to. Each individual, you know, there's hundreds of little mirrors there reflecting Jesus Christ, reflecting his characteristics in our own unique way. You know, there's no chance that my, me, myself, is ever going to represent Christ to the full. You know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a carpenter. You know, I've got a few little racing abilities and maybe, you know, I can sort of speak on stage. I'll let you judge that. But, you know, it's together. It's only together that, that Christ is displayed for all the world to see. You know, as we come together, restored by Jesus Christ made whole by Jesus, to shine his light, we come together and we're a more full representation of who Christ is to the world, going out into our workplaces, going out into our homes, pointing out Christ, shining the light of Christ through our gifts and our passions that God's given us. Can you imagine what it looks like to live in perfect unity? Sometimes it's hard. And you know, us as people, we struggle just with our own family and relationships there. What chance have we got? You know? What chance have we got with a group of people who have so many different interests and passions and gifts that are all so different? I don't know about you, but can you see it? Can you see complete, perfect unity? Can you start to see a part of God's restorative purpose for your life. To be restored to a relationship with God, to know Him and enjoy Him and worship Him, and to be you, to be free to be you. To enjoy the gifts and the abilities that God's given you. To flourish in them, to seek them out. And to be restored in unity with each other as the body of Christ. I think that is where we will find the fullness of our restored purpose.
when we come together in complete unity, displaying who Christ is to the world. God, Jesus is gone, but he's actually here in you. When you accept Jesus as your saviour and what he's done for you and re- the, the restorative power that he's given you, Christ lives in us through the Spirit. And that is the only way that we will be restored to complete unity with each other. So I encourage you, let's seek out unity. You know, we all make mistakes, but let's try and join together as Arana Hills Church of Christ, but bigger, as God's body. As we come to communion, we remember the restorative work that God has done through Jesus Christ. As we take the, the juice and the bread, we remember his death and resurrection. And I encourage you to take that. Let's do it together. As a symbol of us striving for unity, striving to be the body of Christ in our community and in our world. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you love us so much. That you designed us unique. That you designed us with passions and gifts and abilities that that come from you. Lord, I pray that we will enjoy you. That we will have a desire to know you. Lord, that we will wake up in the morning and thank you for another day where we can spend in relationship with you, not separated no longer, but spend in relationship with you. And Lord, I just pray also that we seek after unity. Lord, that we seek after your calling to be Christ to the world through unity as the body of Christ. Lord, help us. We are weak, Lord, but by your Spirit, you make us strong. Lord, help us to rely on you. Lord, I just thank you for all you're doing in us. And I pray that we will continue to seek you. And Lord, as we come to communion, Lord, help us to remember just the cost that it cost you on that cross so that we may be set free and to be restored in you. In Jesus' name, amen.